Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. In this episode, I had the honor of interviewing Olivia Fazay and Adam Shoemaker. Olivia is 21 years old and a recent graduate of the CIA. She has an associate's degree in culinary arts and a bachelor's in applied food studies with a concentration of Italian cuisine. Upon graduation, she moved to Chicago and got a job as an assistant cafe manager at Local Foods, where she launched their coffee program and manages front of the house, events, and the beverage program. Her favorite memory in Italy was hanging out with goats all day and eating at Osteria Francescana. Adam Shoemaker is 22 years old and graduated from the CIA in 2017. He has an associate's degree in culinary arts and a bachelor's degree in business administration with a concentration in Italian cuisine. Adam is currently a bartender at a restaurant called Boulevard in Chicago's West Loop. His favorite times in Chicago include going to see the Trailer Park Boys Live, eating at great restaurants, and drinking Miller High Life after long shifts, the champagne of beers. I'm very excited for you all to listen to this episode because they announced something super big, super important to them, something they're taking a chance on, and I'm very proud of what they're going to be doing. And you'll have to listen to the episode to find out what that is, but please give them the support they need. I know they're going to do great, and I'm really just honored that they're just giving me the opportunity to kind of announce it with them on the podcast. Uh, these two I met in school, and over the years we've gotten you know close through being friends, and I'm really happy to have them on here. They're great people. And every time I go to Chicago, they always, you know, treat me like it's my home and bring me in like family. And I really hope these two succeed in everything they do throughout their career. I really hope you all enjoy the episode. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Thoughts, and also follow me on Facebook at Thoughts. Thank you so much and enjoy the episode. Hello, Adam and Olivia. How's Hello. it going? Good. How are you? It's going good. So, uh, basically, just wanted to start the podcast off by having you all tell me about yourself. So, we'll go with Olivia first. Just a little bit of background about yourself and whatnot. All right. Um, I'm Olivia Fise. Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, first generation American. I don't know if that's important at all. Um, sure. went to the CIA where I met Adam. Okay. And what else? Hmm. And uh, and I'm Adam. Yeah, um, right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am from Valparaiso, Indiana, uh, which is about an hour and twenty minutes outside of Chicago. Okay. Um. Uh, Went to the CIA where I met Olivia, um, and currently we're just both living and working in uh, Chicago. Chicago. Awesome. And where do y'all work right now, exactly? I work at Local Foods, which is a, they do wholesale, they have a whole animal butchery, um, a grocery store, and then a cafe. And I'm in the cafe as assistant cafe manager. Awesome. And Adam, what about you? Uh, I'm a bartender at a restaurant called Boulevard, which is in the West Loop of Chicago. So uh, 1950s themed Hollywood Boulevard restaurant. There's a huge uh, like two story chandelier, mm-hmm. um, super great cocktails, wine, um, new American food. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing place to work. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go and see you in Action at work. It was definitely a great place <laughs> to go drink and have a good time. So. That's been awesome. Uh, so since graduating, because you're both CIA graduates, right. uh, what um, what has the experience been so far 
in terms of finding jobs after graduation? Like, has it been challenging to find kind of what you're looking for? Like, what what have your thoughts been on it? Um, I feel like for me, it was fairly easy. I, so I was, my last semester, I was in Italy. So I kind of made sure like I had things lined up because, you know, I was abroad and I couldn't have face-to-face interviews. Um, But I thought, you know, for my case, at least, I just was at home for a month and then I landed a management position. Mm -hmm. But I know for a lot of other people, they really struggle to find, like, a job that is going to be, you know, what they think that they're going to find after college, which sometimes that's just not the reality reality of you know what we're taught or our expectations mm-hmm. yeah and then, and then for me it was uh definitely not as easy as it was for olivia <laughs> um i graduated my second to last semester of cia i was i did the same concentration as olivia so i was in italy um then i came back to hyde park and finished my my career at cia there um and then it took me about a month to find a job um where i finally landed a job at the aviary uh here in chicago which is part of the alinea group uh restaurant group Mm -hmm. um and then from there i kind of i spent about seven months there uh and then i kind of and then i went to italy where i was a cheesemonger for about three months uh, learned learned about cheese um yeah i had its days i i realized after three months that working in retail wasn't necessarily for me Mm -hmm. Um, and then from there, I landed my my job at um, Boulevard, where I started as a bar back for a couple months and just kind of learned um, everything that I needed to know about wine, uh, spirits, cocktails, beer. Um, and then just recently, I was promoted to a bartender, um, which is definitely a lot more fun and rewarding than being a bar back. But it was it was definitely good for me to do that bar back um, job just to kind of get a feel for you know, uh, it really kind of put my, not that I have an ego, but it kind of put my ego aside. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, just because I was a CIA grad doesn't mean that I'm going to not have to work hard. Um, So it was definitely like a fortunate experience um, now looking back at it. So, yeah, when I graduated, uh, definitely has been kind of a tough road to get a job that I wanted uh, first finding out what I wanted to do took a couple months and then going through the interview processes. So it's, it's definitely impressive to see that you both kind of were successful right out of college to get jobs that somewhat pertain to what you want to do long-term. Um, so how do you feel like the CIA name, like the CIA name has helped you or maybe not helped you in your jobs? I feel like it kind of just depends. I mean, in our, in my case, at least, I think it helped me because it's like, it's a familiar name to my boss because um, he's a chef. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see where, you know, I think there's like two different spectrums. There's people that are like, oh my gosh, CIA is amazing. And like, you know how to cook everything and da 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 you know. And then there's like real chefs that are in the industry and they're like, no, you like, yeah, you went to school, but that doesn't mean anything. Like you need to you know, build up your reputation and your trust. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, for my case, I think it helped because I had, you know, the culinary arts, like, background. 
So for my case, it helped my position. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I, I agree completely with Olivia. It really depends on the place and it depends who your bosses and your mentors are. Um, because a lot of the places that I've worked, um, for example, when I got hired at Aviary, they didn't even know I went to the CIA. Yeah. Um, and really, like, at a place like that, Michelin, yeah, it may help you get in the door. Um, but after that, if you, it's either you can keep up with the job or you can't. Um, a lot of the times, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what your your schooling or past experiences is. It's a lot of just, you know, like, can you can you do the job and can you do the job well, um, you know, when the time comes down or in crunch time or when you're pushing through service. Um, so, yeah, it's I think it, it can definitely help. And I definitely recommend going to, to culinary school just from kind of a skills and. Um, well, I think when you go, for example, like CIA, you know, we are taught a certain way and like expectation. Mm hmm in comparison to other people. So I think, you know, whether you're being a manager or a chef or a line cook or whatever the case may be, you just have a higher expectation of yourself. Yeah, um, definitely. And I mean, at the end of the day, just because you went to CIA doesn't mean that you're always going to be the best, you know, because I feel like sometimes they not like give us an ego, but you know, they talk very highly about our school. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for, like, for your next question, I guess I'll give you some backstory on how I kind of feel about it. So I'm very proud to have gone to the CIA. Uh, it's opened so many mm -hmm. doors that I wouldn't have had without going to culinary school. Um, but when you go out into the industry and you're staging, like when I'm staging at Michelin restaurants, I've staged at a couple now. But it's restaurants in general, when it's not for management, when it's more for like a line cook position, like, the chef's pretty excited, but a lot of the line cooks are like, oh, he's a CIA grad. And there's almost, like, this preconceived, oh, he thinks he's better than us, or, oh, yeah, just because you went right. to culinary school, you're trained more. And sometimes when I go stage, I wish the cooks didn't know I went to the CIA, because then it's just, like, an open slate for me. So I was wondering, mm -hmm. since you both kind of ventured towards front of house work instead of back, um, or at least, like, management roles, did you feel that same way, or is that more of an old-school mentality for back of house cooks? Um, I think I, I can definitely see where you're coming um, because once people have found out that, you know, I, I think at least for me, I, I'm, I'm sure this happened to Olivia, that once people kind of find out that you went to CIA, there's, there's sort of those two trains of thoughts. Like your boss is kind of like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, a CIA grad, that's awesome. And then, you know, a lot of the line cooks are, um, you know, they're maybe not intimidated is the best word, but they're definitely like, they're, a little bit uh, judgmental towards you because they may be like, Oh yeah, you may have all this extra, extra education, but I can still cut my knife skills are still better than you. Or I'm a faster. Or even like the whole age thing. Like I've been on the line for 10, 15 years and you're just fresh out of college and you went to this prestigious school and you're like, think that you're all that. Mm um yeah but like a lot of most culinary students i know like aren't like that and you all y'all aren't like that yeah. so i guess my question is how do we combat that because obviously a lot of people go to culinary school especially when people go to the cia i feel like there's that like every time i go stage it's the same thing oh most cia grads 
feel like they're better than you, like the line cooks that I'm working with. But all most of the CIA grads I know would never talk like that. So I don't like, I don't know how we stop that mentality of just because you went to culinary school, you think you're better. When most of the people coming out of culinary school are thinking, damn, we want to like learn from these people and be on their level. Like when I go to Michelin star restaurants, I look up to those cooks saying, I want to have that talent and that skill. So how do we combat that in both back in front of, or back in front of house, I guess. I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with just being humble and, and being open to listening to other um, like the line cooks that have been there for years. And I think that whole train of thought where people think that we as CIA grads think we're better than other people. I think that has to go back years and years and years of more when the kitchen was, you know, very hardcore. And, um, you know, I feel like the kitchen's definitely changed a lot. Um, for example, like an extern, my boss told me on my first day and he goes, you know, you went to CIA. I don't like you. (laughs) And, I yeah and it was my first day and so I in my head I was like I've literally just met this guy and I'm already off on a like a wrong foot he hasn't seen me cook he hasn't seen me you know he hasn't seen me do anything and I kind of through the the whole my whole externship I became like best friends with the guy yeah and it you know he said you know a couple weeks in he goes wow you're not like the CIA grads that I had come in contact with Mm-hmm. Um, so really it's just about putting your head down, working, um, not letting you like not having your ego, uh, come into the kitchen with you, um, and just working hard listening. Yeah. I think that's the best way to kind of get around that. And once people see, you know, you're not just this egotistical CIA graduate there, people are pretty open and, you know, seem to kind of soften their ideas of how CIA grads are um, stereotypically. Well, it could also be that when, I mean, I don't want to categorize CIA students, but maybe when they have stages and all that, they're just so close-minded on like, well, this is what CIA told me. This is what, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's just like Adam said, just being like open-minded, ask plenty of questions be humble. That's like the biggest thing. It's like, there's so many chefs that are so, I don't know, so <laughs> rude and, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot there's of so people out there that like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's a topic I just talked about in the podcast that I'll be uploading uh, tonight because uh, we are recording this on Wednesday. Um, okay. So I guess my, a question that I didn't send you all, but I kind of, now that we've been talking, want to know is so when you went to culinary school did you want to be in front of house did you want to be cooks like what when did in your mind did you change that you wanted to do more than just be a line cook that you wanted to manage or aspire to be front of house and then maybe onwards like when did that switch for you because it switched for me after i graduated right so and it seems like you both had goals upon graduation of where you wanted to be so when did your mentality kind of flip for me Initially, when I was first at CIA, I was like, I'm going to be a line cook. You know, I want to be like an executive chef, all that kind of stuff. Like maybe eventually open up my own restaurant or something like that. Do a lot of traveling. Um, And then I think once I went into bachelor's, I was like, okay, well, maybe I want to do 
something more front of the house management simply because of the way of life that they have the pay to be quite honest Mm -hmm. um and i know like cole kind of talked about this in your last podcast but you know at the end of the day it's the industry that we're in i absolutely love it but sometimes the reality is is that front of the house or some sort of management is going to make so much more money than a line cook or chef position Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and sort of for me, um, I was much like Olivia, and I think a lot of kids that start at CIA, you know, when you start, you're, you just want to cook for, for the rest of your life. You want to, you know, start from the bottom, work your way up, um, and spend, you know, 15, 20 years in the kitchen. Um, and for me, and there, again, there's nothing wrong with that, and we need people like that in this industry. Um, for me, my, my mindset kind of changed um, when I went to front of house Katarina um, at CIA. Yeah. I, uh, Mr. G as a professor, uh, shout out Mr. G, he's the man. <laughs> um, and he kind of just taught us that, you know, there's, there's so much more to this industry and to culinary school um, than cooking. Um, and that kind of opened my mind. And I was like, holy cow, there's a whole nother side of hospitality that I didn't really think about you know there's there's the service aspect there's um, the beverage aspect Um, I fell in love with wine and beer and spirits and learning about all those things Um, so for me and and then through bachelors I kind of you know felt the same way Um, so I guess yeah uh, front of house Katerina is kind of the turning point for me awesome yeah Uh, for me it was more so that because you're a manager doesn't mean that you know everything which I completely understand um but it hasn't been I mean it's not the easiest thing yeah so how do you get yourself taken seriously like through all that I think it's just the way that like you present yourself to your employees like just always be very professional um kind of like you have to gain their trust like you know it's like something as simple as like being like with one of my employees the dishwasher pat like sometimes when we have events and she needs help like I'm in there with her helping with dishes or bussing tables and things like that so it's like becoming a team player and showing that yes you are a manager and you have like more authority but you also are on the same level in a sense where you can help you know like it's not just like I'm a manager and I'm just gonna you know twiddle my fingers and just hope that everything goes well Mm -hmm. you know you really just be as a manager you have to do all the dirty work and really have to make sure that everything is going smoothly um and you'll gain I think that's the best way to gain respect is to help your employees and like and listen to them. Always listen to them. Okay. Um, whether it's just them complaining about something or just like having a normal conversation, it goes so far because then it then your employees think that like, oh well, she actually cares about me, and you know, she listens. And well, I had this issue, but she made sure like that was fixed. You know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so it's listening and taking care of actions and doing everything in a professional manner. Great. Thank you for that. I'm sure a lot of the listeners will benefit from hearing that. 
Um, and then Adam, I guess for you, because you got a job at the aviary right out of college, uh, that's pretty big. Um, why did you end up leaving? Because a place like that, well-known, very successful, a lot of attention. What made you kind of step away from that, I guess? Or and tell me about your time there. Did you enjoy it? Not enjoy it? How much did you learn? So, Yeah, so <clears throat> I think for me, uh, because it was my, my first job out of college, and the aviary isn't Michelin, but um, when I was there, they were the world's 41st or 42nd best bar in the world. Um, so we, and it was part of the Alinea group. So, you know, there's kind of all, you know, like Chef Ackett's is, is watching, um, you know, and it's very, it's very stressful place to work, but, um, the amount of stuff that I learned and the, the people that I met there, um, I wouldn't trade that opportunity for the world. Um, it was, you know, long hours, the pay was, was not good. Um, but it was, it was something that really taught me, um, patience and you know attention to detail and that everything has to be perfect um because if it's not it's not going to get sent out to the dining room mm-hmm. um but i think that was a really good <clears throat> first step for me because it kind of showed me how to be you know one of the best bars or you know work with some of the best people um and then the reason, and I, you know, had a lot of great experiences within that. I got to travel to Austin, Texas with the aviary and we did a pop-up, um, which was amazing. We got to kind of do a bar takeover and serve our cocktails. Um, Florida Kanye sponsored it. So it was, it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately I left just because I was, I was ready for something new. Um, just kind of wanted to, to not fall into Cause it's crazy when you work at like a Michelin starred restaurant or you work at a, a world's 50 best bar, or, you know, fine dining, you kind of, you can get complacent mm-hmm. even though you're still working at an extremely high level. You kind of figure out where you can, I, I hate to say slack, but you can kind of not um, be the best that you can be. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, you know, you're still working at a higher level than a lot of places, but there's still sort of that, you know, kind of disconnect. Um, so ultimately, that's sort of why I left. I kind of wanted to experience something else, um, you know, became a cheesemonger for a little bit. And now I'm doing more uh, actual bartending. Um, I, I love talking to people, as you can probably tell by this podcast. Um, <laughs> and Olivia tells me that I talk too much, but um I, I love I love talking to people, and that was something that I definitely missed at the aviary because it's I was bartending, but it's not a typical bar. Um, I was essentially a line cook that made cocktails instead of food. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so missing that kind of personal connection with our guests um, was was another big reason for me um, finding a new a new position. So. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's valid. Uh, what. Why do you like bartending then? Like, how do you, because obviously I've never bartended. Um, how do you strike up conversation with people? You know, are people really willing to talk to you because they don't really know you? So there's that sense of security or I guess what's your experience with getting to know guests and forming those relationships with people that come back time and time again? Yeah, so it's a lot of it is, um, so I'm a bartender at a restaurant. So we're more, um, you know, getting people a cocktail before they sit down for dinner, or we do have some guests that dine at the bar, but you really, the most important thing is you really have to read the guest. 
um, if they're with a group of friends, they probably don't want to talk to you as a bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they come in by themselves or if they're because we have some guests that are, you know, super interested in cocktails and spirits and wine and they want to kind of talk to you and um, want to have an experience, not just with the people that they're with, but with the people that are working. Okay. Um, so it's it's really you, you really just have to read the guest. Um, I love it because I kind of have that creative aspect that you get in the kitchen of, of creating cocktails or, or giving people, you know, uh, a drink or, you know, even if it's just something small, like uh, a shot of Fernet at the end of their meal, they've never had it. Um, just giving them something that is going to be a memory for them. Um, it's, it's kind of that bartending sort of that like gateway from like front of house and back of house. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're a server, you're kind of just running all the stuff that everyone else is making and, you know, you're interacting with guests. But as a bartender, you still get to create and and do certain things um, that I kind of I love. Um, yeah, that's great to hear. That's awesome. Um, I definitely think you probably get a lot of great stories and maybe a lot of interesting experiences from your guests. And I don't oh, yeah. know a lot <laughs> of other positions that can do that so yeah and it's funny because once you start you know um pouring alcohol in people's glasses uh they definitely start talking a lot more Um, (laughs) you learn a lot more about people that way so it's it's kind of a fun a fun obviously responsible beverage service but uh it's definitely fun to see people like open up and you know a glass of wine or glass of champagne can definitely do that yeah that's that's great and you definitely have a leg up over a lot of people because I feel like you can empathize more with guests from the reactions you've had or the interactions you've had. And I feel like if you ever wanted to do anything, you know, open anything up, you have that kind of empathy and understanding of what it's like to, you know, provide for that guest. And Olivia has that knowledge as well, but she also has that knowledge of managing and understanding people. So I'm really excited for you both. Um, We're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we'll have, another interesting topic to discuss so we'll see you soon guys all right okay so we are back on the line cook thoughts podcast how are y'all doing good good how is how is your first podcast been so far amazing i mean uh great host great uh great person sitting next to me so so no complaints here uh, so I guess my next question is, what are your plans for the next year? Like, what are your future plans? Because I know you had something big for a while. So just wanted to, I guess, start talking about it. We've been keeping it a secret for a little bit. Yeah, not not many people know about this. So um, a little bit about my backstory. My parents actually opened a restaurant um, when I was 14. Um, so I had that experience going into CIA working um, for my parents. Um, and an interesting opportunity sort of came up, um, with my parents and we actually are opening another restaurant, um, back in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, the, my parents' first restaurant is, uh, New York, upstate New York pizza, chicken wings, sandwiches, salads, very, um, family, fast, casual, um, um, concept Mm -hmm. and we're going to be doing is more fine dining 
um, regional Italian food, uh, an all Italian wine list, local beers, um, kind of doing a more fine dining Italian concept. Um, back awesome. home. Yeah. So you're, you're one of the first people to, to really like hear about this and know about this. And yes, we haven't told that many people. So, yeah, I felt very fortunate finding out. Um, so yeah, just to clarify, you and Olivia will be like, what will your positions be in the restaurant? So I'll be executive chef. Awesome. Good to hear. And, uh, and I'll be, um, sort of front of house. I'll be doing, um, my main roles are going to be beverage director, uh, sommelier, um, and then helping during prep in the kitchen, uh, sort of being like, I don't even want to say sous chef, more just like <laughs> whatever Olivia tells me to do, I'm going to be doing it. Um, I'll be a very yes chef, yes mm-hmm. chef man in the kitchen. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that'll, those will be our roles like uh, in the restaurant, which is, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, Olivia is definitely the better cook of us both and definitely more passionate about that. And then I think um, just because of my bartending experience and, and things like that, I'm more familiar with wine, cocktails, beer, um, and kind of creating a beverage program, even though I've never created a beverage program before. So we'll hopefully it goes well, but. <laughs> awesome. It, it will. It will. I have full faith in you all. Um, what, so can you go more in depth, I guess, of the concept? Like you said Italian food and Italian wines. Like what exactly from Italy? Like, is it covering a certain region or all the regions? Like what's your, cause I know you both went to Italy and it, obviously you have a passion for it. So just kind of guide me through how you thought of the concept and what it, will precisely be yeah so um we both did a a semester in italy me in 2017 olivia uh in 2018 um and i think we both just kind of fell in love with the culture the cuisine um the wine um, the people and it's it's very interesting because when i went over there and i think when olivia went over there we kind of as Americans, we think of Italian food as, as very like pasta, pizza, chicken parmesan, mm-hmm. Chianti, things like that. And, and Italy is so much more than that. Um, there's 20 regions in Italy and they all have very different cuisines. Um, there's a lot of like, for example, in the North, there's a lot of German and Austrian and, and Swiss um, and even some French influences. And then you go Southern Italy and there's a lot of um, like Greek, African, uh, Middle Eastern influences, which is, which is super interesting and things that we didn't really know before we went over. Okay. Awesome. So will you kind of be starting with what people know and then going into that? Or are you just going to go for it right off the bat? Yeah, I think we're going to end up, you know, starting easing people into what they're familiar with. Um, and then eventually once we gain our customers trust and, you know, we have a good, um, good following, um, we'll start bringing in like more obscure and like different kinds of cuisine. Cause I mean, I feel like if we started serving like cabbage rolls and all these different kinds of like regional dishes, they would be like, well, this isn't Italian. And then. You know, so mm-hmm. we, we want to give our customers, like, trust in us and make sure that we're giving them the best possible experience. Yeah, and it's going to it's gonna be definitely a lot of 
um, education, um, not only for us in opening a restaurant, but also for our staff and our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, most people aren't used to, especially in a, the small town of Valparaiso, um, people aren't used to seeing different Italian food um, and, you know, different Italian wines. People are very used to seeing, like, you know, the standard Americanized Italian foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think by, yeah, like gaining people's trust and slowly sort of educating our customers, um, we we can kind of get them to be like, wow, this is really cool. I had no idea, just like we did when we went to Italy. Because um, I thought Italian food was pizza, pasta, chicken parmesan, fettuccine alfredo. And like when we went over there, I was like, is there chicken parmesan on this menu? And they're like, what's that? Like, they don't know what that is. Well, also it's, you know, in that area, they have Italian restaurants. But what we're going to be doing is fine dining in the aspect of the techniques. But it's going to be a nicer experience where the food and service are going to be at the top. But it's going to be the atmosphere and the ambiance is going to be casual where it's approachable to the the majority of the people. So it's not going to be like, you know, $3 signs on Yelp and it's going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something where, you know, you can have a casual dinner with, you know, your loved ones or, you know, a family celebration where you're going to just ball out. Because, um, I mean, I think that's probably the most approachable way that we can get people and there's nothing like that in Valparaiso too okay yeah we want to be somewhere that like Olivia said somewhere that people can go and have you know a Christmas celebration or or just like a birthday party or something like that but then we also want people to come in on a Tuesday with their family okay um so having that that very fine dining technique and service but more I don't want to say casual prices but not three dollar signs on help prices um having where people can come in and get you know a plate of pasta and some wine and not feel like they're spending their whole paycheck okay yeah i mean that's that's the best kind of restaurant in my opinion because you want something that's approachable for the everyday person and you want people to come in on a wednesday night after work but also you want to be a place where they can drop a couple hundred on some wine and like you said ball out or you know just do whatever so i think that being so open for people is going to win them over so that's good to hear um i think my next question is why like why are you opening the restaurant uh, obviously you want to own a restaurant you want to cook but like why now what what like give me the mindset of like when you were when you went from damn it would be nice to have a restaurant to being like okay let's just do this because a lot of cooks don't get that until they're you know almost in their 30s or beyond so okay. when was that mentality switch for you and was it scary at first? Were you just like, I'm just going to do this and see what happens? Or like, what kind of went behind the thinking of it all? Um, for me, especially, I think at first it was scary mm-hmm. um, because it's just a huge risk, you know, opening up a restaurant. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, Adam's parents have had. A successful restaurant for eight and a half years right? eight and a half years yeah. um awesome and they have all the knowledge we have 
over there, a lot of, um, like, they already have a huge, like, customer. Community support. Yeah, community support. Um, so the idea came about, when was it? Be three months ago. Three months ago. Um, and it was just a conversation about it. I know Adam's dad has been wanting to open up another restaurant, um, possibly this concept or, you know, I guess whatever we'd be open up to. Um, so at first I was like, there's no way that we're going to do this. Like, this sounds insane. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm 21, he's 22. Like, how are we going to do this? So at first I was just like, no way. But then we started having the conversation about it and like, you know, we have the community support. Um, we're both really passionate and I feel like have the experience that is necessary to make this successful um but it's it hasn't been an easy path so far yeah it's definitely um like I I just remember the first time I brought it up to Olivia I was sort of just like BSing with my dad like you know going back and forth like oh yeah like we could do this yeah like whatever um just kind of a light conversation I brought it up to her and she's like we're not ready for that Mm -hmm. and and, you know and I I agree with her we're probably not 100% ready for it but I and I sort of started talking about you know growing up and like my parents my my dad was uh in mortgages my mom is a hairdresser um they met at a pizzeria in upstate New York when they were in high school and college and they haven't worked in a restaurant since high school or college before we opened our restaurant Mm -hmm. they when we opened, I was like their main employee at 14. And my brother, who was 11, was our other main employee. Um, We obviously had other staff, but we were the most trusted employees, which is like, looking back, I'm like, you entrusted a 14 and 11 year old to like, help you open this restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of look, you know, like my parents were in their early 40s when we opened. Um, And, you know, like, those, you know, the just say 20 years difference between my parents and Olivia and I, um, they, they, I don't think we're more experienced or more ready to open a restaurant than we are. Um, And that's kind of important to us is, is, you know, kind of hopefully provide, hopefully, you know, providing like a platform for people to say, like, just because you're, you know, you don't have 15 experience, 15 years of experience behind the line doesn't mean like you can't open a restaurant or you can't go for that management position. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think also it's, you know, not that it's everybody's goal, but I feel like a good part of people that go to culinary school, sometimes that is their goal to own their own restaurant, right? But it's like we have this opportunity to do all of that at well we'll be 23 and 22 at that time um but it's like people work their whole career just to even possibly get the opportunity to get this you know so it's a huge risk but at the same time it just feels so right you know with the whole timing and the opportunity and the location that we found it just kind of all like happened all at once but at the right time which is so weird how life happens like that but 
I guess maybe it's meant to be. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, when I was, so Adam told me we were getting oat milk lattes in Chicago. Um, shout out to oat milk. <laughs> and shout out to Cam Kavita for suggesting that. But um, if you would have <laughs> if you'd have told me that a year ago when I was in Chicago, I would have been like, uh, what? But after, like, doing, because I've been big on, like, obviously when I'm doing the podcast and the Instagram pages to create your own projects, create your own ways in life. And, you know, you see, you know, not related to the food industry, but you see, like, younger people, like, especially the like, people 15, 16, flipping stuff and making a crap ton of money or people starting these businesses online. So I don't see why a restaurant is any different um, in that sense. Like, our where, we, where we're at with social media and the places we're at in society right now, I feel like the younger you are, it doesn't really matter anymore because you can build such a platform on social media and also a following because people nowadays want to know what you have to offer whether rather than like your age if that makes sense right yeah and for us we're gonna we're gonna be working hard for the next 15 to 20 years well in in the grand scheme of things we're gonna be working hard for someone else um so we kind of thought like well why don't we work hard for something a dream of ours Mm -hmm. um to kind of you know create something for ourselves um because you know we're gonna be working our butts off and probably 60 70 hours a week but you know it's we're going to be doing that whether it's for ourselves or for another company um so we're sort of and we've been very great like very thankful and very lucky to you know kind of have support um with opening the restaurant but it's it's sort of it's sort of just like why not work for ourselves instead of working for someone else awesome yeah i mean i totally agree uh so why why do you think it will succeed if you know because you're so young like because you just explained the decision you made like you know hey we're gonna do this do you think it'll succeed because of the different take you're gonna give the area or do you think it will succeed because Italian food is more comfortable like what is your mindset behind it yeah so I think um I and I really hope that we succeed um because <laughs> that would be kind of embarrassing if we didn't but uh um I think that Italian food is very approachable to everyone. Um, I don't think I've ever met someone that doesn't like Italian food. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's not to like about carbs, cheese, butter, butter, yeah. tomatoes, olive oil. <laughs> like those are all ingredients that everyone probably has in their kitchen already. Yeah. Um, and kind of doing, you know, starting off with very approachable and like things that people, people love and recognize. And then, kind of building off of that and um i think that'll be you know very not only very comfortable for people but also they'll kind of get a new insight on how diverse italian food is and how diverse italian wine is um and well also i think we're gonna do something completely different in that area like Mm -hmm. we eventually want to build on like doing dinners and like possibly tasting menu like once a week or you know we're still building on that but um but in that area they're not doing that kind of stuff yeah so unlike chicago you know like if we we're in chicago it'd be a whole different story right mm-hmm. but in valparaiso indiana we're gonna be probably the most fine dining restaurant that they have there but that's that's kind of like the purpose of a chef, in my opinion, is to, like, educate people and, you know, show how 
good food can impact your life and using like seasonal ingredients and you know the thing about Italian cuisine is that there's so many different regions and influences that I don't think our customers will ever be bored of what we're doing because mm-hmm. we're always switching it up and then you know always listening to our customers and making sure that they are satisfied with what we're doing um but I think that's how we'll succeed awesome yeah I mean I agree we we also have the support of the community like we said before and also his parents have so much knowledge that we you know we don't Mm. have because you know when you go to culinary school they don't teach you from the ground up how to build a whole restaurant you know yeah yep yeah, I guess I, I agree. And before we continue, um, Adam, you said briefly that if it does fail, it would be embarrassing, but I don't, it won't, it's not an embarrassment. I think what's embarrassing is to have a dream of yours and to not go after that dream. So even if it doesn't end up working out, you both will learn so much and you both will gain so much. And the yeah. respect for me for you guys doing this is through the roof. So I don't want, I just want you to have that in your mind that even if yeah, and I think, things don't I work think... out, you know? Yeah, and I think embarrassing was just a, a poor choice of words <laughs> on my... I was just trying to, you know, like... Uh, no, I know what uh, you mean. Yeah, like, it, you know, it would be like, oh, God, like, we made a restaurant and it didn't work. But there's so many cooks out there who I've met who are on the line saying, oh, yeah, like, next year I'm going to go stage at, I don't know, Osteria Francescana, or I, don't, I can't even say it. So, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there's those cooks that want to go and, you know, do these things, but they never actually jump on the opportunity to do so. So I just want yeah, you I both th- to know that. That's that's thank sort you. of our yeah and thank you. That's sort of our our goal and our our plan is just to to not kind of fall into that like oh well we have to work for other people until we're say thirty or thirty five and then maybe we can open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you sort of have to. Obviously, a lot of things have fallen into place for us, which is which is nice and we're fortunate for that. But you know we kind of you know why not now? Yeah. Why that's like not only in our case but everybody who's listening they should just take that as advice is just if you want to do something you should just do it because like life is way too short to just kind of stick at a place and just hope that things get better you know if like you're in a sticky situation and you just hope things like you know iron out I just think you should follow your dreams and work hard you know mm-hmm would never think like a year ago that this would even be an opportunity you know same <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of things happened in the year a year ago i wanted to be working in a michelin star restaurant and now i want to be a manager in a restaurant group so you know things change but like i said i'm very proud of you all for doing this um so i guess a little more information I guess, do you have a name when are you looking to open i know because i've one of my good mentors cody he was helping open a restaurant and they got delayed, I think five to six months. Um, so I, obviously whatever answer you give isn't set in stone for anyone listening, but when are your plans on opening or when, when your was like your plans on naming it. So like, what so are the, the name. So my parents restaurant is uh, shoes pizzeria. My last name shoemaker. Um, Great name for a cook. I, which okay. is, yeah, I've, that was people gave me such a hard time at CIA for that last name. But uh, so we're kind of doing a play off of that and we're naming the restaurant Scarpe, okay. um, which is Italian for shoes. Okay. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, not like 
yeah. So that's that's sort of our name. We're kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of light. People will probably mispronounce it like we were for a Scarpy, long time. You know, Scarpy, yeah, <laughs> Sharpie, whatever. Like as, <laughs> as long as people come in, that's all that matters, I guess. But uh, um, yeah, and our plans are um, we're planning on moving back, uh, leaving Chicago, moving back uh, end of February. Okay. Um, our, our lease starts the beginning of March. Um, we have a, about a couple months worth of work and menu development and tasting wine. And, um, you know, just, we have to basically build, yeah, build the kitchen from nothing. Um, so it's going to take a couple months to get it up, but we're hoping that we'll have sort of our soft opening friends and family, um, the first part of June. Mm. Um, so then after that, uh, hopefully by you know the first week of june will be a fully functioning restaurant open to the public so june 2019 that is awesome. so june in, in less than six months <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be great so if anyone's listening june 2019 we'll look forward to it um but obviously if it's delayed i'll update people and y'all will as well uh so yeah before we move on from the new restaurant there's probably gonna be a lot of cynical cooks out there i've met them i know them i know you're listening uh, what would you say to the people that say you're too young or too ambitious right now to open a restaurant? What would you say to these people who are doubting you and telling you you can't do it in their heads? Like, what would you say? Well, I, I think for me, I'd probably say, yeah, you're probably right. But, you know, without risk, there's no reward. And, you know, I, I was definitely one of those people for a long time that I thought you had to, you know, I, I don't want to say I was a cynical cook, but I was one of those people that said, like, you know, who, who are you to get a sous sous chef or executive chef position right out of CIA? Like, you're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I've kind of realized that, you know, like certain people are, and those people that get it, like you should be happy for them and not like bitter about it or, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm a better cook than them or whatever. Um, You know, they're the right fit for that job. Um, And we're hoping that we're the right fit for restaurant owners um so yeah it's it's we we probably are too young i hope we're not but um you just kind of have to go with it i don't know yeah olivia anything from you i feel like with opening up a restaurant though you're just gonna just gain maturity you know i feel like adam and i in general are very mature for our age um but you know since we have this opportunity we're going to have to be put in those shoes um, for all the haters out there. Um, I don't know. Watch us succeed. I don't know what else to say. I mean, there's always going to be people out there that are going to say, you're way too young. You don't know too much. But with time, that's how it is, you know? Yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, your bosses have all been through your position. And it's like, you have to go through that you know like I get that you can't just get a position right away Mm -hmm. but um I don't know it's just a little difficult because I feel like yeah I I think it's just I come come to Scarfe in June and see how we're doing to all, all the haters I I don't know. That's, that's the thing is you kind of have to just push the negativity aside and just say, you know, like if we have haters, we're still going to do it. Yeah. You can't, you can't let the haters and the people, the cynical cooks and 
the executive chefs out there say you can't do it Mm -hmm. because if you listen to all that and you say if you start thinking that you can't do it you never will go for it yeah definitely so that's i i guess that's uh a very long-winded answer but yeah um Um, and for me like anyone who doesn't think or who anyone who thinks that they're too young just f off and go chase your own dream you know (laughs) that's for me like i love experiencing different kinds of restaurants and like especially now for us like learning you know how they do execute service and plating um like all the small details that's my personal awesome yeah, mine's probably like the the friendships that you build. Um, I feel like so sentimental. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a sentimental guy. What can I say? Um, but I feel like you know every I've had a couple jobs since I've graduated, and um, I feel like every place that I've left, I I miss the job a little bit, but I really miss the friends that I made um, at all those places. And I think the industry kind of brings people together um, because, like you said on that um, on not your last podcast, but the one before about working on the holidays, you know, you spend more time with your coworkers than you do uh, your loved ones or your family. I mean, Olivia and I live together and I don't see her that often because we're on different schedules. We have different days off. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you spend a lot more time with your coworkers to become your friends um, than you do your family. So I think that's probably my favorite my favorite part of the industry i guess and and eating too of course because i love to eat but awesome um, yeah that's great so uh before we leave uh i was gonna ask you an unrelated food question but it kind of pertains to food uh but what was your favorite part of the cia because i became good friends with you both during that time um your favorite part doesn't have to include me but what was your favorite memory <laughs> of uh going to school i guess like if there was one thing that stood out above all the rest that helped you in your life or kind of switch your worldview i guess what was your big moment in the cia that you're gonna always cherish and remember um for me i think it was just like making a bunch of connections um volunteering for different events on campus or meeting different like administrators or having um, connections with professors, friends. Um, to me, it all goes back to back to the people. I mean, that's what really makes the CIA such a special place. And I still talk to, I you know, still I'm lucky enough to talk to certain chefs at CIA or certain people that work in the the president's office. I it's just like those people are you know kind of people you meet there and are long term mentors or friends or. Um, that's probably like my biggest takeaway from CIA. Okay. Olivia? I would say the same, um, but also having the opportunity to go to Italy for a semester is a huge thing. I think that's what influenced us the most about this restaurant. Um, the whole connections as well, um, meeting so many people and like learning their background and like, you know, it's really inspiring to meet people like your age or even like they're switching careers or whatever the case may be. You know, it's really inspiring to see that people are so passionate and being like immersed in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meeting Adam, of course. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, Adam, you should have you said you meet Olivia. You look bad now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to hear about that later, I'm sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I know that 
you know, obviously shouting this out to the world has been something even keeping a secret. And I know it's nerve wracking, but I honestly feel that you two will be successful. I'm like truly proud of everything you're doing. And I'm truly honored to be the person to kind of share this with the world with you two. So thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.